Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Extra Time with Liam Horbin, presented by That Way, as it was the previous four episodes now, I think it's been. So welcome back. Welcome back to Extra Time. We're a little bit behind, I will admit. It's been a busy couple of days. I was waiting for some things to happen, like the Champions League draw, which is going to be the sole topic for today's conversation. I don't want to get into the Champions League too much. We'll obviously touch on little bits of it, like the fact Erling Haaland scored five goals in a game. That's very impressive. Oh, but they were all tap-ins. Who cares? If you're scoring goals, they count the same if you score them from 50 yards out if ever if you score them from the, the goal line. Goals are goal, baby. They all count exactly the same. And we should just... I think... Here we go. I think, as football fans, we should be more grateful for Erling Haaland for what he does on a weekly basis, essentially scores a goal every single week. is absolutely incredible. He just broke Manchester City's all-time goal score room record. In one season, he has the most goals by a Manchester City player in one season. When was that record set? Oh, just over 100 years ago. So if it's that easy to score goals, why doesn't everyone just do it? I think it's a bit silly. I think it's very silly. The other two players to score goals, five goals, that is, in the Champions League in one match are Messi, he did it against Bayer Leverkusen, and Luis Adriano, who did it against Bate Borisavo, I believe is how you pronounce the name. They are a uh, a team from Belarus. Adriano did it for Shakhtar. Scored nine goals in that uh, Champions League season for Shakhtar. Went on to play for AC Milan. Scored four goals in 33 games. He scored more goals in that one match for Shakhtar against Borisova. Borisova. Then he did face him alone. So good for you, Adriano. The streets will never forget. I believe that's what the kids say anyway. What else did we get in the Champions League this week? So I'll run through the final four teams. We've got, well, we may as well just go through the ties, I suppose. They were announced today. And honestly, I'm excited for every single one of these. I think, I think this Champions League has been absolutely fantastic so far. The last 16 knockout stages have been 
excellent for the most part. Even the ones that didn't have a lot of goals were great, were were solid. Real Madrid, Liverpool, a classic at Anfield. Chelsea, Borussia Dortmund. I thought Chelsea deserved to win that one and go through. Leipzig, Manchester City. Yeah, I think we all knew City were eventually going to come through on that tie. Did we expect them to win the way they did? Nope. And if you did, you're a liar. But if you did, I hope you placed a couple of shillings on it over at Betway. But you have to be 19 plus. And you have to bet responsibly. Bayern Munich, PSG. PSG never really had a grip on the tie. They needed Mbappe healthy for both matches. When Mbappe became healthy, they didn't have Neymar. Ah, not much you can really do. Bayern Munich through. Inter, Porto. Wasn't great, was it? Wasn't a ton of fun. Porto hit the bar and the post in pretty quick succession there in the second leg. But Onana helped Inter Milan get through to the last eight of the competition. Great competition for Serie A so far too, which is what we'll get into a little bit later on. Benfica absolutely rolled. Club Bruges rolled them so bad. They rolled Scott Parker out of town, who is now out of a job. I think it's more than likely we'll see Scott Parker in the championship again than the Champions League, which is too bad. Seems like a good guy. Tottenham, Milan. You could probably argue that was the most boring of the lot. Both Milan teams really didn't have uh, exciting ties, but hey, you can either win 7-1 and make it through, or you can win 1-0 and make it through. Similar to a goal, a win is a win. And then finally... We had the best team in Europe, Napoli, beat Frankfurt 5 0 in aggregate. Victor Osman is uh, Victor Osman is quickly becoming one of the best strikers in Europe. That a lot of people probably need to start talking about. His name is coming up a lot more in modern media, but maybe a little bit more in the next couple of weeks here, especially if they can make it through. So here is what we've got for the round of eight. The quarterfinals, some of you may call it. Real Madrid and Chelsea. That will be awesome. Manchester City and Bayern Munich. That will also be a fantastic clash. Benfica and Inter. I think Benfica are looking at chops at that task. And then an all Syria draw in AC Milan and Napoli. So let's quickly just, we'll, I'll run through them quickly. Try and keep this podcast to about 30 minutes or so. But the first one, Benfica into Milan. I think this is Benfica's tie to lose, to be honest. Inter Milan have been playing very well in Serie A this season. Currently sitting second behind Napoli with an 18-point cushion between them and Napoli. Napoli has 68 points. And Inter Milan is 50. Just absolutely absurd to to think that Napoli are that far ahead. In a season which has more than likely been one of the best Serie A's had to offer in in a long time. So Inter Milan is second. Obviously, they've got a strong squad with some good talent. Onana, the Cameroonian goalie. Quite controversial World Cup, if I remember correctly. He, uh, He was a Cameroonian international. Left the national team. And then he just went back to Africa to play with the kids and stuff and help out there, which is which is great to see. Dunzo Demfries, 
Netherlands international. Really fun to watch. Barella, obviously. The strikers are the big ones, though. Lukaku, who is now linked to go back to Chelsea after his loan spell ends, it sounds like he'll actually just stay, which makes sense considering, you know, they they don't have a striker, so they might need some help there. The other striker they have, Martinez, World Cup winner, and Edin Dzeko. However, Benfica, they're more than likely just going to continue to score goals. Like they have, they scored seven goals against Club Bruges, a team that didn't concede a goal in the first four games, I believe it was, of the Champions League, maybe five. I, no, because they lost to Porto in games five or six, I can't remember. But I know Club Bruges isn't exactly a powerhouse, but let's not forget Benfica finished atop of a group with PSG, Juventus, and Maccabi Haifa. I think Benfica's going to the semifinals of the Champions League here for the first time. Maybe, I don't even know, however long it's been. But Ramos was a guy who identified himself as a big threat at the World Cup when he scored for Portugal in the knockout stages against Switzerland. They have other veterans too. Victor Ottoman. Not Victor Ottoman. Nicholas Ottoman. Victor Ottoman. Names are tough sometimes, people. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I know them all. So there you go. <laughs> Benfica currently sitting at the top of Liga Portugal. 65 points. Porto in second with 57. So Benfica's riding high at the moment. The last time Benfica lost a match? December 30th. First match back from the World Cup break. What a way to kick it off, eh? Since then, they've only drawn to Sporting, and they drew in the cup against Braga again. So they've been absolutely rolling recently. Not conceding any goals either. This is going to be a very difficult game for Inter Milan. A team that just didn't score a lot of goals against Porto now has to go up against another Portuguese team, one that is better than Porto. Are Inter Milan going to have enough to, to take it down, to take down Benfica, the Portuguese Giants? I don't think so. I'm going to go with Benfica to go through to the last four of the Champions League and try and become the first Portuguese team to win the Champions League since Porto. So we'll see. Seems like a tough one for them. For them, I mean, Inter. Let's go to Manchester City and Bayern Munich now. Now, these two have met in the Champions League before. It was back in... I can't remember when it was, but they've met about six times. All of them have been in the group stage, so they've been three separate seasons they've met. City won the most recent meeting. Aguero had a pair of goals. I think Xabi Alonso had a goal there too, and maybe Thomas Muller. The final score was 3-2 for City, but City have... Seem to have the number of Bayern Munich a little bit, to be honest. I'll, uh, I'll read out the previous results here just so we can go over them. But City just beat RC Leipzig by scoring seven goals. Leipzig are no pushovers either. They, they've lost a couple recently, but before that, you have to go back to mid-September, I think it was, when they lost to Mujin Gladbach to find their last loss, so... Kind of crazy result when you put it all into perspective. Bayern Munich won the first match 2-0. City won the second match 
Bayern won 3-1 and City won 3-2. Bayern won 1-0. And then City won 3-2. So it's an even split. 2015, last time they met. So we'll see. I think this one... I like City in this one. I think they've just... They're on a quest to win this Champions League right now, aren't they? And for me, I just don't know if there's going to be many teams that can stop them. That Leipzig performance, like I said, is incredibly impressive. And I just think Bayern Munich haven't been their best all season. I know they're at the top of the Bundesliga, but usually they're about 20 points ahead of anybody at this point. Is that a credit to the league getting better or have Bayern Munich got a little bit worse? Happens. Players get older, it is what it is. But City with Holland, KDB, you know, Phil Foden, Grealish. I just don't think Bayern Munich quite have the same firepower that they've they've had in the past. Let's have a look at their their squad from that match against PSG here quickly. If I can pull it up. Obviously things can change. And they do have a good team. It's like I actually said when PSG were knocked out by Bayern Munich. Because a big reason why PSG weren't able to compete was the firepower that Bayern Munich had coming off the bench. Where they had Serge Gnabry, Cancelo, who won't be able to play in this one because he's obviously on loan from City. My iPad's not working for me. Here we go. Oh, whatever it is. Just being a slow low guy. I almost got hacked from China the other day, and since then it's just not been the same. Maybe I did just get hacked. Maybe I did. Maybe it wasn't an almost. It was, yep, they got you, Liam. They got you good. So Yan saw me in goal. Yeah, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I think City will be too much for them. We'll get to see the Canadian boy, Alfonso Davies, on full display. But I'm going to go with Man City to get through this knockout stage and head on to the semifinals. Okay, let's get into the AC Milan and Napoli matchup. The all Serie A tie. I'm really excited for this one because I think I think we'll get the best out of both teams because they both think they'll have an advantage because they've played against each other this season. Obviously, Napoli is riding high as anything, higher than the sky. Let's say that. Top of Serie A, 18 points clear. Going up against the current Serie A champions in AC Milan. The season's been, uh, they've only played each other once this season. It came very early in the year. Napoli won 2-1. Simeone got a late goal there, 78th minute. Before that, AC Milan won 1-0 towards the end of last season. Napoli won 1-0. Napoli won 1-0. The last few haven't had a lot of goals, but the biggest difference, obviously, Napoli have a very different team now than what they used to. No Insignia, of course. They've replaced him with Kravascalia. Like, Mertens has gone. Osman's now in. I think we need to put more respect on Napoli. I think they're probably... See, this is hard to say. Is Napoli better than Real Madrid? Because Real Madrid is a standard of the Champions League and that's who everyone should just be measured up against. I think there's a very good case to suggest that a lot of Napoli players could get into the Real Madrid starting eleven, which is an interesting debate to decide 
who would go where, but the experience, obviously a big factor for Napoli when it comes down to the Real Madrid comparison. Do they have it yet? Well, they're 18 points clear of the next team in Serie A, whilst Real Madrid aren't top of La Liga at the moment. So it's an interesting debate. Hopefully it can be a, it can be a match we see in the next round. Cause I do think Napoli will get through. They've just got too much class. They've, there's too much. They've proven it so much in Serie A this season. They're going up against another Serie A before, uh, sorry, another Serie A team. AC Milan underachieved massively all year. They're suffering a lot. They weren't great against Tottenham. You could probably make the case that Tottenham would have been the opponent that they wanted the most because Tottenham just failing these big ties. So I'm out on AC Milan. I'm all in on Napoli to make it through to the final four of the Champions League, which I did say back in September when I did my original prediction. So pat on the back to me. The final tie we got to take a look at. And the one which could be a little bit more interesting than people might want to give credit to. Real Madrid versus Chelsea. Now, I think when everyone looks at this immediately, they'll be like, oh, well, Real Madrid, obviously, because Real Madrid's Real Madrid. They've done this, this, and this. They just took care of Liverpool. They're the however many time European champions now. They seem to win it every single season. But I don't think we should underestimate what Chelsea might be able to do here. I think it's going to be a very interesting interesting tie. And Chelsea have been finding some good form recently. Three wins in a row. Obviously, it was not pretty before that, and I'm not suggesting it was. Losses to Southampton. They obviously lost to, to Dortmund in the, in the Champions League as well. In the match, they probably should have won. These other ones in there too, where they just couldn't score goals. But the big thing is they weren't allowing goals either. Yep, they allowed two against against Tottenham before they won the three matches. Yep, one one against Southampton, one against Dortmund, one against West Ham, zero against Fulham, zero against Liverpool, zero against Crystal Palace. Last time they allowed two or more goals in a match was January twelfth against Fulham. They're pretty solid defensively, and I'm starting to think that Chelsea and Graham Potter have found found the magic potion that might be able to take them to the next step here and have a good end to the season. And I mean, when you look at the squad, we just tried to compare Napoli's squad to Real Madrid's squad. I think you could make a pretty good case that Chelsea's squad, or starting 11 at least, can probably go toe-to-toe with a lot of Real Madrid's players. Now, striker... Obviously not. Benzema just won the Ballon d'Or. Kai Havertz isn't a striker. We've said this a few times now on the show. But you look at the midfield. Enzo Fernandez is uh, showing up in some big games. We've seen that very recently just at the World Cup. I know that's a difficult midfield in Real Madrid, obviously. Absolute legends in Tony Cruz and and uh, Luka Modric. And now Kamavinga is coming around. And Chuameni comes off the bench. But I do like the experience. You know, you think about what Croatia did at the World Cup too with um, Modric and Mateo Kovacic. It's, an, it's interesting. I think this tie, like I said, is going to be something that Chelsea is obviously going to have to show up and play. 
But I don't think it's completely out of the question that Chelsea can give it to Real Madrid and, and knock them out of the Champions League and advance to the final four. And I think that's where I'm going to put my money because the Champions League isn't just going to go perfectly every single round. The, the favorites aren't going to go through. Like nobody saw Benfica likely getting to this point or winning their group with PSG and Juventus. I know you all who are listening had Juventus and PSG coming out of that group and Benfica going down to the Europa League. Well, here they are. And here are Chelsea too. Before they get to that match, well, actually, I don't know when the match is going to be, but they have Everton next, Aston Villa, big game against Liverpool, Wolves, Brighton. They've got some games here which they can start to gain a bit of momentum from with some good results. If it comes, obviously, we've seen it where they don't come. Example, the loss to Southampton only a month or so ago. So they're an interesting case. Obviously, Real Madrid has all the pieces. They they look to be down and out against Liverpool when they were down 2-0 at Anfield and they score five goals. So they're a very difficult team to try and predict. But I got a feeling that Chelsea, Chelsea might go out and really put it all together and, and win this Champions League this season. It's going to be very difficult and they're going to have to get better. But the players they have have the ability to make them one of the best teams in Europe. And I don't think that should be undersold. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, for the second half of this podcast, let's chat about the Europa League matches that were drawn today too. Boy, oh boy, we got some good ones. The Europa League is shaping up to be very, very nice this season. We got Juventus, who just knocked out Freiburg, taking on Sporting Lisbon, who knocked out the Premier League leaders, Arsenal. Then we got Manchester United, who just got embarrassed by Liverpool a couple of weeks ago, versus the Europa League, UEFA Cup, whatever you call it. Basically, the kings of this tournament, Sevilla. Now, in the second half of the draw, 
So I should clarify, whoever wins out of those two matches that I just said will play each other in the semifinals of this tournament too. So it's not a favorable side to be on. But to be fair, it's quite a good good group of eight. On the other side, you have Feyenoord versus Rome, which I believe was the Europa Conference League final last year. So quite funny how that, that one panned out. And then Bayer Leverkusen versus Union St. Giliosi. I feel rude not knowing how to say that. But they're the number one team in Belgium right now. They have taken the crown away from Club Bruges. Sorry, they're second in Belgium. Genk, who's another team we'll talk about in a second when we touch on the Europa Conference League. <coughs> oh. Now, I think that Union will be the ones who get through on this one out of them and Leverkusen. Just feels like there's always that one team at the Europa League or maybe even the Conference League now that makes it a little bit further than they probably should. Bode Glimt is uh, one team that comes to mind from last season. We've seen it with a number of teams. Dnipro, too, from a few years ago, the Ukrainian team that went out of existence and came back and played in Europe this, this season, which is great to see. So I'll go with them to beat Leverkusen. Rome, Feyenoord. This will be a very exciting exciting one. So Feyenoord absolutely battered Shakhtar. 7-1 yesterday on the Thursday that was. And Rome knocked out Real Sociedad, who's uh who's in Manchester United's group, actually, weren't they, for the for the tournament so far. Rome, I think, will be the favorites in this one, and rightfully so, but I wouldn't underestimate Feyenoord. Feyenoord are a very, very good team. Feyenoord is currently first in the Eredivisie. 58 points, Ajax right behind him with 55, AZ Outmar 53, PSV 52. What a top four. What a title race they got there in the Netherlands. I do like Feyenoord's chances of making it, getting a little bit of revenge after what happened in the Conference League last season. They've been uh, they've been in some good form. I'm not sure who they played within their group. I can't find it off the top of my head here. As I do. Oh, there we go. Feyenoord were in a group with... Lazio. They beat out Lazio. Oh, this was the group where all, all it was based off goal difference. So now they're one went away from the semifinals. We'll see. I don't know. Obviously, Rome, fantastic team. Jose Mourinho, one of the best managers to ever walk on this earth to manage a football match. But I just got a sneaky suspicion about Feyenoord. Maybe the, the Syria juices keep flowing and the Serie A teams can keep advancing. But for me, I'm going to put my money on on final to make it through. Manchester United, Sevilla. Now, this is an interesting one because I think on paper, you look at the, the teams and you're like, well, Manchester United has been fantastic. Manchester United has done really well. They just won the League Cup. They've, they're progressing. At one point, they were title contenders, which was probably pretty fraudulent, but they were there. But Sevilla find a way in these tournaments. They find a way. They are the kings of the Europa slash UEFA Cup. They might be sitting 13th in the league right now. They had a big turnover in roster, to be fair. But they've they've actually started to make some progression. But I'm going to go with Manchester United on this one. I think I think Ten Hag's on a mission right now to turn... Turn everything around at Manchester United. He's done a very good job. They're obviously competing for Champions League spot in the Premiership at the moment. So I'm going to go with Manchester United to get through on that one. And the final one, Juventus Sporting. 
Juventus have been very good. Freiburg. I'm going to go with Sporting. I think Sporting will get through. They were really exciting to watch yesterday against Arsenal. Pushing one of the, the most informed teams in the world right now in Arsenal to the limit in the penalty shootout where they made that save on Martinelli. I think Sporting will have enough for Juventus. Juventus basically run through Di Maria, who is it's unbelievable how good Di Maria is at the age he's at. I believe he's 34, 35 now. So I'm going to go as my final four for the Europa League this season. Sporting will play Manchester United. Feyenoord will play Union Saint-Giliosi. I know I screwed that one up, but you all know who I'm talking about. I've never claimed to be the name guy. Never, ever. Let's take a quick look at the Europa League and then one other thing I want to touch on. Basel play Nice. I met a, a Basel fan this week. Fantastic. He was telling me all about their, their run recently and how everything's kind of changed for them since they were one of the top teams in the Swiss League. Anderlecht versus AZ Altmar. AZ Altmar's a... Uh, they just knocked out Lazio. Anderlecht did knock out Villarreal too. And then you have the other matches. West Ham versus Ghent. I think West Ham's going all out to win this thing. And then Lecht Poznan sorry, versus Fiorentina. So we'll see. I'm really excited. I've said this before. I almost prefer the Europa League and the Conference League a little bit more to the Champions League. Just I prefer the matchups. I think it means a little bit more to some of the teams. Like the other year, what was it? The Conference League, we saw Leicester in the semifinals against PSV. So I think it's something we should uh, all appreciate maybe a little bit more. All right, before we let you go, we got to go take a look at our friends at Betway and see what they've got going on there. And then we can all go and enjoy our weekends and maybe listen to this later on. This is probably a timely, untimely podcast. You can kind of listen to it whenever. So Betway, let's take a peek here at what they have. All right. First one we're looking at here, Brentford versus Leicester. Brentford minus 110 at home versus Leicester City. Now, Brentford have been one of the most informed teams in the Premier League for the last 10, 15 games or so. They, they're rising up the table. So minus 110 at home against Leicester, who have had their ups and downs this season. I like that one a lot. The second place we'll take a look at. Honestly, Tottenham minus 130 away at Southampton. I know. I've been a major critic of Tottenham this season. I don't think they've been very good. But the way they play, they do get some results. They are fighting for that Champions League spot at the moment in the Premiership. So I'll go minus 130. Tottenham Hotspur to beat Southampton. Is there anything else we want to take a look at here? It was quite, there were some matches today, obviously. Take a quick peek at the Bundesliga. Hoffenheim, Hertha Berlin. Honestly, Hoffenheim can't win any game. So if you wanted to look at that, Hertha Berlin plus two, 250. No Hertha Berlin's away, but it's a good relegation battle in that one there. Yeah, not too much else that I'm really looking at. Union Berlin plus 140 at home against Frankfurt on Sunday. Could be something. Bayern Munich minus 167 away by Leverkusen. Not bad, but also by Leverkusen plus 350. 350 at home. That's not bad. If you're looking for something this weekend, go check out Betway. 
And as always, please bet responsibly. Because why would you not? The last thing I wanted to quickly touch on was the 2022 CONCACAF Player of the Year nominees. So these were announced earlier today. Tyler Adams from the United States, Andre Blake, who's a Jamaican goalie, Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies from Canada, Ochoa, the World Cup legend, the Mexican man, and Christian Pulisic. I think it's this is down to the Canadians. I think the Canadians deserve to win this one. What has the other teams done? Jamaica, Andre Blake, yep, fantastic year, did really well with Philadelphia Union. Jamaica didn't make the World Cup. Tyler Adams, good World Cup, been good with Leeds, but they're also fighting in relegation. Christian Pulisic never plays. Ochoa literally had to leave his team to go and find somewhere in Serie A, and I don't believe he's playing that much either. And you get Jonathan David, who's leading league in goals, and then Alfonso Davies, who's the best left back in the world at the moment. I'm pretty sure I know where I'd put my money. Let me know, actually, if you're gonna who who you think would win the CONCACAF Player of the Year. I got a sneaky suspicion one of the Americans will undeservedly win it, but that's not a problem for now. But anyways, that'll do it for this week's episode of Extra Time with Liam Horobin, presented by Betway. Thank you all very much for listening. I will be back next week. Maybe I'll get a guest. I don't know. We'll kind of see how things play out. But until then, farewell and enjoy your weekends. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.